Hi and welcome to episode 121 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law. I'm the founder of This Reportage and This Reportage family, and I'm a photographer too. It's an honor to chat to the fab Theo Manusarida this week. Theo is one of the best documentary photographers in the Netherlands and has won 13 awards from us for her family work, as well as nine awards from us for her wedding work, an incredible achievement. Theo talks about both disciplines in the episode, including how she moved her entire life and business from Romania to the Netherlands on the first day of lockdown, no less, the importance of work-life balance, photographing her close friend's childbirth, why she changed her style to really focus on documentary, the story of how she captured a specific family and wedding award from us, Google ads and tips for making it work for you, why she's a big fan of the less is more approach in life, and much, much more. Before we get on to Theo, uh, which is a, a really fab episode, by the way, she's it's really funny and, and really knows her stuff. It's, uh, it was really lovely talking to her. Um, just a, a couple of things from me. Um, if you missed uh, the previous episode, I announced excitingly that we have arranged our This Reportage and This Reportage family Christmas party, which is on Monday, December the 12th, 2022. Yes, that is the year around, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's in London. I forgot to mention, actually, I don't know how I forgot to mention this bit that it's actually on a boat on the Thames. So yeah, and on a party boat, which is uh, exciting. We'd like views of the London Eye and stuff and you know, the London skyline, which is nice. Um, it's a stationary though, it's a stationary boat. The boat's not going anywhere. So don't worry if you're, if you're coming a bit later, you're not gonna miss us. We might be sailing off into the sunset. So the boat stays there, doesn't move. Uh, though it might slightly move a bit, I guess, but no, be fine. Don't worry if you see it. It's going to be fine. You know, all good. But yeah, so the party, um, it's a free thing we do every year for, for members. Um, members can bring a guest along too. As I say, yep, totally free. Just a great chance to let her down. Party. We've got a DJ to the early hours and should be fun. Um, people have already confirmed that coming over from Germany, Ireland, France and the Netherlands. Um, and that's just super exciting that people come from all over. I really hope you can make it. Members, um, yep, it's totally free. You just need to register to come along so I can send the ticket out to you nearer the time. So just head to either the members area or the link in the latest newsletter and you'll see the place there where you can uh, go and uh, RSVP, register to come. Looking forward to, to meeting you all there. Um, the second thing is just a little personal thing from me. Um, I'm currently arranging a couple of my own personal law school um, wedding photography workshops for early next year. I will be announcing a date soon. One of them is going to be in the UK and the other one is going to be in Ireland, uh, in Dublin, actually. So it's exciting. Just finalizing details at the moment. Um, but if you want to be the first to know and, and first to chance to get a ticket, I mean, you probably had enough of me talking on this podcast, really, if you listen to a lot. But if by any chance you haven't had enough of me chatting and, and actually want to see me in real life, which is a lot uglier than uh, this audio version, obviously. Um, then yeah, you can head to my personal website, which is alanlawphotography.co.uk. Um, that's just A-L-A-N, law photography, by the way. There is another Alan Law Photography, um, who's a guy, I never met him, but he's based up in Scotland. So like the opposite end of the UK to me, I'm down in Cornwall, but same name. Yeah, we've had um, a few little things before of mistaken identity, which is uh, kind of funny or, or maybe not that interesting anyway. But anyway, yeah, so head to alanlawphotography.co.uk. You'll see my workshop page there and you can register to go on the mailing list and then you'll be the first to know when I announce those two dates. Um, but yes, cool, enough about me and on to Theo. Hey Theo, how are you doing? Hey Alan, good. Grab the coffee and uh, yeah, excited to talk to you. 
I'm excited to talk to you too. Thank you for joining me. It's cool. Very cool to hear your voice. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you for asking. Well, thank thank you for saying yes. It's all great. All good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how else? I'm going to ask. I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask about the weather because you're, you're in Holland, aren't you? Well, yeah. When you ask about the weather, it's uh, in Holland, it's mostly uh, gray and uh, horrible. But <laughs> we had a pretty good autumn, I think. We had some good sunshine. Okay. Yeah, well, that's it's good. not that bad. Getting, uh, yeah, getting used to the new winter time nowadays. Oh, right. Have your clocks changed and things? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. As did as well. Interesting. Um, my weather here is uh, pretty awful. It's been awful in Cornwall, actually. So bad. It's been like torrential rains and stormy. We went out for trick-or-treating with my kids um, the other night, and it was just rain the whole time. Oh. Anyway, yes. Well, Do you trick-or-treat? I don't actually. Maybe no. when I have kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a bit weird to just go as a, I, as an adult, wouldn't it? <laughs> I I think I would have a better excuse to do it if I have kids. <laughs> I try to I try to do it with, with my cat, but he's uh, not cooperating. <laughs> 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 oh that's funny that's funny yeah it would be strange just to go around uh, as an adult doing it um but yeah it was really yeah, fun no you know, around, around yeah right? <laughs> just, just a 36 year old woman dressed weirdly asking for sweets that <laughs> oh you should do that though Weird. you should do that now. it would be but you should do it next year be, uh, be so funny. That's yeah funny. That's, that's actually a good idea I might try that one <laughs> Oh, it's funny around here because I, li I live in a sleepy village in Cornwall, but loads of the houses, you know, really put on a great show. Loads of like scary decorations. There was a, a woman getting children in. Well, it sounds a bit scary saying it like this, but she was getting people inside her house a bit and she had a voice changer. And she sounded like a real witch and stuff. It was, uh, yeah, wow. it was funny. <laughs> yeah, in the Netherlands, uh, what I've noticed, because I haven't been living here for a long time, what I've noticed is that there's the there's this very long transition time between summer, uh, autumn, and winter. And at some point, you have uh, pumpkins in some place and then Christmas decorations in another place. And there's still <laughs> uh, magazines and stuff about summer. And it's, like, very confusing if you don't know <laughs> what season you're in. It's Everything is blended. and. <laughs> That is funny. Yeah, that is confusing. Mad. And we can, um, I think we're allowed to talk about Christmas now because it's November. So we can talk about Christmas. Oh, really? That, that, that's early. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's early. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. I think November the 1st is kind of allowed. And um, I might have in our little Netflix quiz, because I know you've heard a few episodes, so you know we do a little Netflix yeah. thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, good. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Christmas one in there because it's it's not too early now. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but Theo, how how are you in general? How has your season been? Have you finished now with your wedding? Yes. And well, I have one more in December. It's a short one, but uh, mostly yeah, done at the end of September. Uh, finished editing everything. Everything is set. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm kind of on a small. Uh, break from work right now and we'll probably get back to uh the in-between seasons work which is marketing and uh, oh, yeah. uh work on the website and stuff like that i'm good it was actually a lot better than the past two years so i'm i'm grateful for that oh that's it, good good it stuff. was a good season yeah cool and um have you have you got any more family shoots lined up for this year uh no it's actually 
um, it's been a bit difficult to get this uh, documentary family photography idea into a lot of heads because what I do is uh, I work with a lot of expats. Uh, my Dutch is not great yet. And I work with people from all around the world. And of course, they all come with their own ideas of what family photography should be like. So uh, most of my work it now is about educating people and uh, explaining to them what it's all about. And some of them, are, of course, are skeptical. But it's just I think it's just part of what we need to do as documentary family photographers. It's new. Mm. It's not very well known. So. Yeah, I think it's just uh, necessary to educate people about it, so m more and more will know about what what we do. What we do. That is true, isn't it? It's still a big part of it, and and it was one of the reasons of starting this reptile family, just to try and just to try to help that a little bit, just to just to show people, just to help show people in a way that look, you, you don't have to have that kind of white background studio setup, fake smiles. You know, you can have real life captured. And yeah, yeah, I think people need permission to sometimes to to do things differently. I've heard this a lot. Uh, like, how 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 does it go? How 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 do we need to go about this what's the what what do other people do like why why do we care about what other people do it's obvious mm. that a lot of people are not comfortable in front of the camera it's obvious that especially men hate the idea of having their picture taken <laughs> so why do we keep doing this to ourselves <laughs> yeah that is true i have to admit i yeah i hate having my photo taken to be honest i think yeah, yeah. my kids will grow up thinking they don't have a dad i think when they look back at photos because i'm just not not in them Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. No, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. No, it's not a good thing. No, at least <laughs> once in a while, you know, you need to be in the picture. Yeah, I know. I need to do that. And I say that on the podcast. I still haven't had, you know, our family photographed by someone else. I really need to do it. I do. Need and you're, you're, you're writing a documentary family photography <laughs> community. That's, that, I don't know, Alan. I know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I know it's so bad, isn't it? It is so bad. It is so well, bad. It is what it is. <laughs> and I won't use adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> and I, my wife would love it as well. Um, it's, yeah, it may, I guess the hangout's probably partly me, as I say. I do. Oh, anyway. No, no. Let's, anyway. Yeah, I need to do it. I will don't do it. Yeah, let's do it. No, let's do <laughs> it. <laughs> that's funny um Theo, you mentioned just what we were talking about there about your dutch uh, maybe not being so good i'm sure it's great though but so because you're originally from romania is that that's yes. right isn't it? Yes. yes and you used to be a wedding and family photographer over there and you moved your entire business to netherlands and was it literally on the first day of lockdown in 2020 yeah yeah it uh, i i didn't have a a weird plan in mind uh, oh maybe a pandemic is coming and i should move right then and then yeah of course it was just a very unhappy coincidence but yeah i moved to the netherlands on march 15 and everything closed on march 16th Wow, gosh! I mean, in a way, that's kind of, in a way, that's kind of lucky, I guess. I mean, if you'd wanted to move a few days later, or we yeah. might have been a lot harder. Yeah, and I, I actually spent some time thinking, well, what should I do? Because it was getting a bit, yeah, uncomfortable and weird. About okay, is it everything is going to close? What's going to happen? And I, I didn't know. Should I go on the plane? Not go on the plane? What should I do? But I thought, yeah, just like you said, maybe it's best to go right now because I don't know what's going to happen afterwards. So I just did it. 
Uh, and yeah, made it. My baggage is barely made it too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because but everything that was, was closed. Like even even uh, buses and cars and everything couldn't couldn't go anywhere. So yeah, wow. barely made it with everything. <laughs> what a time! I mean, just. I mean, moving your entire business and your life to a different country is a is a huge deal and bigger and scary enough in its own right. But be, but be, to be doing it around that time as well, I can't. Oh, it must have been super scary. No. Now that I think of it, I think now it's scarier. <laughs> <laughs> Back then, I was just uh, like focusing on what I had to do, little by little, and solving small problems as they emerged and I, I didn't see it as the bi big thing that is now of course in hindsight you of course have more information but yeah at that point I was like okay let's fix everything as it comes up and um, yeah it worked <laughs> that's and good. then I was uh, locked inside for a couple of months <laughs> oh yeah uh, were you with someone else or on your own or? no I was on my own oh man yeah gosh I can't imagine what that would have been like that's um... yeah Pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good way to sum it up. Yeah, it must have been. It must have been. Um, so why, why, because um, you were, so you were a working family and went photographer in Romania. You've been doing it for quite a few years then, had you, when, the t when you made the move? Yeah, you must have been actually, still a long time in Romania. Yeah, I was a uh, wedding and family photographer for about 12 years back home. And uh, I moved to the Netherlands in 2020. So okay, okay. roughly 15 since uh, I started. Wow. Um, what what made you yeah. make that move then? Why why did you move to Holland? Why at that time and, and why Holland specifically? Well, I, I chose the Netherlands because uh, I'm very I was kind of bored to be honest. Well, mm. the story is very long, I won't get into details, but uh, Oh that's good, I, like stories, but it's okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically um, with my then husband, we really wanted to move because of like uh, personal reasons, healthcare reasons. Sure. Uh, we just wanted a different lifestyle and the society in the Netherlands, I, I think, and I still think uh, uh, suits my personality better and my needs. And uh, I really wanted to be close to nature. I used to live in Bucharest, which is a two million people city. It's a wow. really big city, lots of traffic. Worst traffic in Europe, by the way. Oh really? Oh right. Yeah. yeah. No no nature spots, not a lot of places to just go out and have a walk. And uh um yeah, I, I have a pretty simple and slow lifestyle. That's what I aim for at least. And I really like just going out and enjoying uh good quality air and um quiet and um, nature and I really wanted that and I chose the Netherlands because they do respect nature a lot and of course everybody speaks really good English there so I thought it would be easier for for my business uh -huh, and also the expat community is pretty big and I was very interested in learning more about different cultures and meeting people from all over the place and just experiencing more than uh, yeah my hometown okay well that's that's all great that's cool and you spoke you said there about um people in holland all speaking great english you speak super english it's like speaking to as a natural born english speaker how, how do you speak english so well is that just from you know just from school in romania or um well my parents were working a lot when i was little so i watched a shit ton of cartoon network that helped <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> and i i did i i had 
a babysitter on, on my street. Uh, she was an uh, English teacher. And I think that's where I got the accent because I know it's not, it doesn't sound Eastern European. You would think I should speak like this, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I got that from her. <laughs> and I, yeah, I did, I did study it in school, so. Wow, cool. It's just so impressive, honestly. It's so impressive. It's so cool. And now you're in Holland, then you said that you're talking about maybe going for walks. and be, are you, Do you live more in the kind of like more countryside type place? I live, I live near The Hague, so not exactly in The Hague, but in the very uh, border with The Hague and Rijswijk, it's called. It's okay. uh, like a commuter's town or something like that, but I have a forest nearby. I have lots of green space five minutes walking, seven minutes walking, or even more amazing. Like I have the beach, 10 minutes by car. Oh, nice. I have tons of places and I'm looking forward to getting a dog soon and hoping to walk him everywhere. Oh, that sounds, that, that sounds just an ideal life. It does. It's also, I've got a, a dog. She's quite old now, like 14, but it's, oh. it's, yeah, very lovely. Very lovely. What kind of dog are you going to get? I'm not sure. I'm really looking into, uh, there's this uh, Dutch breed, it's called Frieze Stabai, or Stabby Hound, if you want to, to know the, the name in English. Uh-huh. It's like a spaniel kind of dog, it's, uh, medium size, um, very intelligent, very curious. So I'm looking into that, but I'm not sure. I had Golden Retriever before, and that was, like, amazing dog. He was such a good dog. And it's been really hard for me to to find something that suits my personality because, of course, you might like Border Collies, but your activity level won't match the the activity level of the dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Tinder, isn't it, really? But for... Yeah, it is true, because you need one that matches your personality. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, if there's an app for that, is there an app like Tinder for matching people up with their perfect dog? That could be. Uh, in the Netherlands, there is this <clears throat> app that um, matches you with potential uh, dogs uh, that are put up for adoption. So uh, there is kind of. No, oh, there is, definitely. Right. That is, that is doggy yeah. Tinder. Oh, that's really cute as well. Doggy Tinder. That sounds, yeah, it's cute and dirty at the same time, doggy <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's funny. It's funny, right? <laughs> and, and Theo, what, what was it like, though, you know, I mean, it's big enough with a life-changing moving to a different country, but moving your entire business and kind of having, you know, almost a start again, where well, you are really in another country. Where, I mean, I presume back in Romania, you know, you were, you were getting referrals, probably both family-wise and wedding-wise from past clients, and then having to go to a totally different country where you've never kind of shot before, you know, what was that like? Well, a blessing and a curse, to be honest. <laughs> um, it was really good that I could start all over again because um, when I first started with wedding and family photography, I think it was 2007 or 2008, and things were very different back then, of course. Mm. And I kind of got swept away. I, I didn't plan on becoming a, I, I, I don't have that kind of story. I was always uh, passionate about photography. Basically, what I did is I didn't like to be in front of the camera. I'm kind of an introvert, and I, always, I was always the one taking the pictures because I just didn't want to have the attention of being in them. Mm-hmm. So I, I did that, and 
I have a bit of a problem with authority. So <laughs> I, I wasn't the perfect employee. <laughs> yeah, I, I avoided getting a job. <laughs> I went into, uh, yeah, having a business when I was 19, basically. And wow, it, for, I just photographer got, from 19. Yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, I just got swept away. And uh, at some point, I, would, I, I realized I, I, I didn't like the kind of images I was taking. Everything felt so things oriented so a bit empty <laughs> no life and uh, when I decided to move to the Netherlands I saw the opportunity of starting all over again and uh, documentary family photography and wedding photography made sense in my head of course um, I barely knew anything about it but it just clicked when when I saw that things can be done differently than posy um, images of brides and grooms and nice shoes and dresses hanging and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, I saw it as an opportunity to just uh, reinvent myself. And uh, what I did was, uh, yeah, basically changed everything, changed my branding, changed my, my style, changed my website, changed everything. Wow, that's, I mean, it's, it's so cool to hear. It's really inspirational, I think. And I think people will find that, <clears throat> yeah, as I say, so inspirational to hear. So, yeah, you changed, like, did you take away all those kind of, like, pose, those dresses hanging on, the you know, the, the trees and stuff, that kind of images? I, did you... Yeah, I started doing, I tried doing more documentary photography in Romania. It didn't really work because, as you said, I was getting refer referrals already. I, I didn't do anything about advertising myself, everything went organically. So mm -hmm. uh, I started trying doing more documentary photography in Romania already. Uh, so I had kind of a bit of a different portfolio when I moved to the Netherlands, but then I had to do more work. So it was a bit weird uh, at some point between all the posy images and all the transitioning into documentary there was like a pause where not a lot of things were happening not a lot of inquiries were were coming in mm -hmm. but it takes time it takes time even if you don't change everything about your business when when you move to a different place not even a different country maybe just a different town that's of true. course it takes time so yeah i just uh hung in there <laughs> i'm still alive so <laughs> Wow, gosh, I mean, it's, it's so brave. It's so cool. It is really is. Um, it really is inspirational to hear. I'd be so scared. Yeah, as you say, just moving to another kind of like county and starting again would be a big deal, let alone yeah. a different country, different culture, different language and stuff. That's uh, mad. Did you did you know anyone in Holland before you came over? Mm, I had a couple of uh, friends in Amsterdam, uh, but no, not really. <laughs> wow. Man, that's so it's so cool, Theo. It's so cool. Um, and so you changed from being more kind of more posed, more stylized. Was that in families as well? Did when you started doing family work, was it more kind of lifestyle kind of photography, less yeah, documentary? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And mini shoots are a big thing in in Romania. I think mm, not only, but everybody went crazy about Christmas minis and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. uh, that was a lot of. Uh, my work uh, kinds of mini shoots for uh, Mother's Day and Christmas and autumn with pumpkins and posy stuff and, and matching sweaters and that's <laughs> that's exactly the opposite <laughs> of what I want now like I literally have 
mentioned on my website that we can do better than matching sweaters <laughs> in <laughs> <Yeah>. family photography. <laughs> That's a great thing to say. That's so cool. Did you did you have like a marketing plan in mind? You know, when you were, you know, I'm going to move to Holland now. Did you have an idea in your head how you were going to kind of attract new clients? Did you put money into search engine optimization and stuff? Or was it, yeah, I, yeah, I did work with somebody uh, for my SEO, and I learned uh, Google Ads. So I've been doing uh, Google Ads for about four years now. So oh, cool. about a year and a half before I moved, I think. I started yeah. doing it. Yeah, that's basically clever. Google Ads was uh, my my strategy. Oh, well, that's all good. The yeah. end. No. Well, that's my so good. And... Strategy, Google Ads, the end. <laughs> well, it's a great one. It's a great one. It's obviously working for you. And that that is really interesting as well, because it's not something we've spoken about that much on the podcast, actually. Um, it's actually how I began my photography career as well, because I got like something through the post from Google with like a hundred pounds free clicks, you know, years ago, mm -hmm. like 10 years ago now. Yeah. And that's, that, that's how I got my first customers was using Google ads. So, so do you use it kind of regularly then for both your wedding and family work or just yes. one? Like, yeah, for yeah. both. Cool. We're okay. both all the time, all year round. Of course I tweak it. Um, I do uh, focus more on family photography when I know it's the right season. So I won't, um, uh, stress over it when kids are on vacation because everybody when kids are on vacation in the Netherlands you can't do anything about it like everybody's out the country okay right. now it's a, <laughs> now it's a low season we wait for kids to come back and then yeah so I do I, I did try to be mindful of uh, when the season is for everything and concentrate on my ads uh, accordingly uh, but otherwise yeah I do it constantly i i do a couple of ads well ads not exactly ads but i do post in uh, expat groups uh that also helps sometimes um okay. yeah but not a lot of social media i'm not a big fan of the whole instagram uh facebook uh, conundrum and whatever else there's there i i didn't even touch touch tiktok like i i skipped that altogether <laughs> and me, and me, totally, yeah i have no idea what that is honestly <laughs> i don't do that at all yeah i, I feel that. so old sometimes I, I i see myself thinking uh of tiktok like my parents used to think of the internet like what yeah. is this sorcery that's <laughs> <laughs> true isn't it i literally have no idea what it is like little dancing videos and stuff yeah i don't know but challenges I do know... and stuff yeah 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 i know some photographers do some photographers are having some good success on there but it just seems like you have to be it's it's so well it's not image led is it it's all just little videos and i just can't be doing little videos of me like dancing around or something it doesn't make sense like we we don't do that we do photography uh, yeah <laughs> why does why do i have to film myself for that yeah I it doesn't know. make sense in my head also of course other people are having great success with it and that's great it yeah, just doesn't doesn't do it for me. Like social media in general, I think it's such a big uh, time-consuming thing that I know it's necessary. I know it's unavoidable, but as much as I can, I try to be present in my life and not in, in virtual life. Yes, I think that is so good. That's something I. I... I want to ask you about actually later on because I read that on your site as well. Yeah, the whole social media thing. I'm like you, kind of. Yeah, I don't embrace the. 
you know, I use it to show my photos, but I don't embrace the side where I should be showing kind of more of my personality and stuff. And I just feel like, I don't know, I start each wedding season with this thing that I'm going to maybe do a few Instagram stories at weddings. And I will do like it on my first one. And then I'm like, are people really interested in this kind of behind the scenes stuff of my life? I just, I'm not even interested in my kind of life at times. So, you know, it's like, yeah. Uh, it just doesn't suit you. It's fine. Yes, that's true. That is, and that's a great attitude. Yes, you're so right there. Because so many of us, you know, photographers, we think we have to be great and do everything. And you're right, we don't have to. We just just do the stuff that appeals to us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so right. Um, just going back to Google Words as quickly, um, Google Ads, sorry, quickly, because I'm sure some people will be very interested in that. Do you have any just general bits of advice and tips, you know, anything that's kind of helped you and not spending a ridiculous amount of money, but still getting the the customers coming in from AdWords? Um, Yeah, Yeah. I do have, well, the the main thing is just like with any tool, you need to read them fucking manual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if, if you want to get into Google ads and you don't want to pay somebody else to do it, and I would recommend not paying somebody else to do it unless you have somebody who's really amazing Mm. and you can afford it. But if you just want to start with it and you don't have a big budget and you're just trying to get somebody to do it for not a lot of money, it's probably not going to work for you. So Mm. I think it's best to just go through all the information that Google is giving us because they do give give us the information about how to advertise on it. Mm. So if you have the time and the patience you should go through that and you you will have all the information you need that's what i did at least i just took the trainings google offered me for free and uh, it took a long time i think it took me about half a year to to learn google ads but i'm kind of independent now so um Mm, do your research read all the information do your research about keywords and don't try to spread yourself everywhere try to be as uh, try to concentrate on uh, a couple of keywords that, uh, you know, work well. Uh, try to concentrate on local advertising, so restricting your area to a specific, uh, a, a few towns maybe or a country that uh, suits you and go from there. If it's not enough, widen it. If it's too much, narrow it. Mm-hmm. That's all great bits of advice. Do you keep track as well on like how much, how much you're kind of spending per kind of booking? You know, like do you keep track? No, of that? I have no. a budget per year, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't have a specific. Well, also because um, I don't really have like a lot of clients, so I basically do around twenty weddings a year and maybe twenty thirty family sessions a year. Cool. Or other nice kinds of sessions. Yeah, I don't have like this big volume that I need to keep constant track of what I spend and what right, I get sure. out of it. It's not a lot of money. I think I maybe to 150 euros a month. Maybe. Oh wow! Gosh, that. that's yeah, that's well worth it then. If that's working for you at that amount, because that's not loads. That's really good. That's yeah, that's cool. not a lot of money, and it's enough. I, I don't want to work a lot. Uh, I like my work-life balance. Uh, I care about my mental health. I invest my time in what is important to me, and I prefer to not work a lot. But 
have peace in mind and uh, yeah, sleep well at night. And I totally get that. There is far more to life than photography and money. And I think you say that exact. I think you say that on your website. And I was like, when I read it, I was like, yes, that is so true, Theo. It's so true. And I also read on your site that you're a big fan of the less is more approach in all aspects of life. And you're kind of just talking about it there. But yeah, can you tell us just more about that in general? Then your kind of whole kind of life ethos. I just think that's great. Yeah, I see money as the opposite of money is time, in my opinion, for me at least. So if I want more time, I probably will need to have less money. (laughs) Or if I want more money, I need to invest more time in that. So it's I try to balance those things because, of course, I do need to make a living and I do need to pay the bills. But at the same time, if I need more i need to work more so for me the the balance is this like 20 max weddings and i do a lot of small weddings like two hours three hours four hours even an hour sometime Mm -hmm. and most of my other weddings are around eight or nine and i think that gives me a, a a good amount of time to create a good story but also not get overworked i can still be i can still concentrate very well i can still be present i can still be in the moment i'm not that uh tired so it's always this balance between time and money for me i think that's so cool so and that also means that i i don't buy a lot of stuff i'm a minimalist i try to keep everything to everything that i care about of course i invest i'm not I don't think I'm cheap. <laughs> I just, I'm very intentional with what I do in my photography, in my life, in my spending, in my earnings. I, I, I'm very present and I know exactly what I want and what I need to work for and how much I need to work for. And yeah, I just pay a lot of attention. <laughs> That's super uh, it's super cool it's so cool to hear and I, I just yeah it's just so important there's just so much more to life um, than just you know so many wedding photographers or photographers in general think they have to be shooting as much as possible getting as many bookings as possible and then you know you could look back at your life like 10 years later and just think what what have you been doing you know just working all that time for what it's like yeah and that yeah. that just leads to burnout honestly like just working without having like you need to know where to stop mm. everybody needs boundaries right so yeah. what's my boundary how much can i work so it's not going to tilt uh the scale in the burnout direction <laughs> mm, yeah it's so true it's so true did you always you know feel like this about life in general not materialistic you know whilst you're living in Romania or, or is this something that kind of you know changed when you moved to Holland no it's it started changing uh I I did have a couple of burnouts so my first burnout was when I was an intern in an advertising agency I was 18 or 19 that's when I discovered I have a problem with authority although my parents were telling me that for years <laughs> <laughs> So after my first burnout, I went into uh, entrepreneurship and uh, I was working a lot in uh, 2014, 2015. I was doing maybe (sighs) close to 30 weddings a year. And in Romania, weddings are not as short as uh, 
like in the Netherlands, for example, we do 16-hour long weddings. Wow, gosh. Yeah. At least 16 hours. I, I, my first wedding, my first paid gig was 24 hours. No, 24 hours. Yeah, well, that was back in 2008, uh, 2008 I think. But yeah, what? 24 hours. That's mad. <laughs> what, time did, what time did you begin then? And I, I, I started at 7 a.m. when I was uh, at the hair styling salon or something. Mm-hmm. And I think I finished at around 7 a.m. <laughs> the next day when the band was clearing. And I was still waiting wow. for my money because, yeah, well, cards and stuff like that weren't like a thing back then. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, 24-hour coverage. Wow. How many images did you take at that wedding? Um, I don't remember. I, no. I, I know what I remember is I called my mom at 8 or 9 p.m. crying and I told her I can't do this. I yeah, don't do this. blame you. <laughs> 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 wow and that was your first wedding was it that was my first paid gig yeah wow you, were you like thinking oh my days are all weddings like 24 hour jobs i can't do this that's nice. well, well that was a very specific um happening it wasn't like the regular deal usually the weddings in romania last more than 16 hours or right, okay. around the 16 hour mark so uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I interrupted 30, you. That yeah, no worries. <laughs> Twenty-five, yeah. thirty weddings a year like this. Yeah, wow. of course it leads to burnout. Yeah. So I had to. Uh, 2014, 2015, and I already began to think like this is this is not sustainable. Something needs to change. And in 2018, I was already trying to do something else. Like let's let's. Let's find the people that think like me and work for them. I was already trying to do that, but it was really hard because referrals just uh, go organically and uh, mm. kind of, I, I was stuck somehow. And uh, in 2018, my, my dad suddenly died. And I think that put things in perspective more for me. I kind of, I was more aware of my own mortality and I said, fuck it, I can't live like this. I, I need to change. I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not only not happy, I'm miserable. At least not miserable. <laughs> Let's work towards that. Mm. So, yeah, I made some changes in my lifestyle and, and in my work as well. Oh, sorry. Sorry to hear about your father there. Um but yeah, I, 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 well, I just, I totally respect your kind of change in life ethos and um, yeah, t- I t- totally understand it as well. And I feel exactly the same way. And so, so you're not going to be um, on Amazon on Black Friday then, like seeing what the latest <laughs> No, no? <laughs> I don't buy from Amazon. <laughs> I do not in general. No. All right. Okay. Right, cool. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. Um, yeah, let's, um, let's change tack slightly. And I think you know where I'm going to go with this. Oh, yes. Like, this is, this is when I, I need to say, well, I don't know, Alan, I'm not sure I know all these movies. You're that is it that is what you need to say That's so okay <clears throat> yes alan what are we going to do now <laughs> so dear yeah we are going to do you watch much uh, netflix or tv oh yes sometimes <laughs> <laughs> oh this is funny so yeah theo obviously knows what's coming next but if you're a first time listener um i'm gonna uh, just for fun just ask theo some a synopsis of either a movie or a series and we are going to see if she can get it. Hopefully you enjoy playing along at home. Um, I, I like this. So, yeah. So are you ready for your first one? 
Yes. Okay, so as I said before, it is November, so this is a, we can talk about Christmas, so that is a clue. Now, what, this is a movie, okay, and it, okay. it might be Christmas themed. Home Alone. Okay. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's a good guess. It's a good guess. <laughs> I love that film. That's a classic, though, isn't it? It's good. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, okay. It okay. still so, plays every year in Romania, I think. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, does it? oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I love it. Have you seen the sequel? No, there's a sequel. Oh, it's so good, honestly. Um, yeah, it's called um, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. I think it's called Lost in New York. Oh, oh that's, a, dude, that's like 20 years old. Oh, yes, I know. Yeah, but it's so good still. I think it's almost better than the first one. Yeah, know. no, I've seen that one. <laughs> oh, you have? Okay, cool. Okay, that's okay, good. Shoot. Okay, okay, so. Raised as an oversized elf, Buddy travels from the North Pole to New York City to meet his biological father, who doesn't know he exists and is in desperate need of some Christmas spirit. Um, it's the Buddy the Elf? Or yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, you got it. It's called Elf. Yes, you know it. Yes, cool. Yeah. Yes. Have you seen it? Uh, no, but I have. You never this, seen it? No, I have this weird memory where I forget my mom's birthday, but I remember shitty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good one. Gosh, you, um, you need to watch Elf, though. It's so good. It's like one of the best Christmas films. Well, we're getting closer to Christmas, so I'm going to make my wish list for, for movies. Yes, then. do it. Put that on your list. Put that. Do you like Christmas films in general? Um, not in particular, but if it's a good one, why not? Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, I do. I, I love Christmas films. I, leave, I love just like kind of romantic comedy Christmas films. Like I just love the beginning of the season, just being able to watch those, you know, like mm -hmm. the rubbish ones that Netflix make or whatnot. But oh, it's yeah, so good. yeah, 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 I, like yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you, one out of one so far, Thea, this is good. Okay. So um, this next one is a series. Um, it's not on Netflix, but it's like a big HBO or something, big American thing. Anyway. Okay. So. Um, an internal succession war within House Targaryen at the height of its power, 172 years before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen. Well, I guess it's Game of Thrones. It is. It's the prequel series. Yes, it's yeah. the prequel series that's just come out, came out a few months ago. Yeah. Do you did you watch much Game of Thrones? No, I didn't. But I just assume when I when I hear words, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about good. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I, I I will give you that because it is. It's a Game of Thrones prequel series. Yeah. So it's called House of the Dragon. It's um we're kind of halfway through. So yeah. Did you not watch any Game of Thrones then? No. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, so yeah, but everybody's been bugging me about it. So it's it's definitely on my, it's not even on my wish list. It's on my to-do list. <laughs> yeah, on your to-do list. That's funny. Well, that's cool. I, in a way, I'd quite like not to have seen it. So I've got it to all watch again. It's You've got eight seasons of amazingness. Uh, I always yeah. say, like, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to grab me and keep me in front of the TV. But I need to, like, have two three months to do it or something yes that is true you do need months for that yeah because each episode it just is like seems like a very big commitment <laughs> yeah i get that i get but it's a worthwhile one it is a worthwhile yeah one. i keep hearing that <laughs> okay so two out of two um i'm gonna yeah because i'm gonna give you that two out of two so your final one theo mm. um this is a, a series netflix it's a reality tv series as a clue do you watch do you like reality tv yeah yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. Oh, that's cool. I love it as well. I love it. Love it. Okay. So the synopsis. Um, the elite real estate brokers at the Oppenheim Group sell the luxury life to affluent buyers in LA. The drama ramps up when a new agent joins the team. Oh, I don't know this one. 
Oh, cool. Okay. It, it's, it's so good. It, uh, it's called Selling Sunset. It's, oh yeah i haven't heard of it oh honestly it's so good it's about real estate yeah brokers um in in, in la um so they show they sell these multi-million dollar houses but it's less about the houses it's more about these relationships between all of it's of course like, it is yeah <laughs> i know i know, I know. but it's, honestly it's so good the drama is so good i love it i love it oh, cool. well that was really good though theo two out of three that is really Yay. good very good. I don't suck, yay. No, you don't. No. <laughs> I wish there was a prize to give you, but um, no, there isn't. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> okay, uh, Theo, let's go back to your photography. Um, and I read on your site that you photograph over 350 families now, which is amazing. Um, are there any particular shoots that really stand out in your memory for some reason? You know, perhaps something funny happened or, or everything came together to make the perfect shoot or perhaps something went wrong or was particularly challenging? Just any that stand out for you? Um, the one thing that comes to mind is uh, in, back in May, uh, my best friend gave birth and I promised her that I would record that for oh, her. Wow. So. She wanted it, and I said, yeah, of course. I don't do birth. I just think it's too stressful and too complicated to accommodate uh, in a schedule. So mm. I'm not looking into getting into birth photography, but I did want that experience for myself and for me and my friend, like a bonding experience for us. Well, yeah. And yeah, I went, um, she lives in Belgium. I went to Belgium uh about the time that she was due and we waited together for about 10 days for something oh. to happen and nothing happened and at some point i was like yeah i don't know how long i can wait anymore yeah, I, I gotta I, get, I home. get back home <laughs> and then it started um that was the most intense experience in my life it was 57 hours oh. from the first moments in which we knew like it's going down until when the baby was born. So for 57 hours, I was part photographer, <laughs> part sla friend slash midwife. <laughs> yeah, sure. Wow, gosh, what an, ex what an experience. Was it a home birth or was it a hospital? Or? No, it was a hospital birth, but for the first 48 hours, we, we kind of waited at home and went to the hospital from time to time. So she, mm -hmm. she spent a couple of hours in the hospital on the first night and then a couple of hours in the hospital the second night. And finally she was admitted. And yeah, so I think it was, uh, baby was born, um, on Monday and everything started on, on Saturday morning. Wow. So Gosh. Yeah, it was pretty intense. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And what was the actual, what was the ex actual experience like of photographing the birth when you know when it happened? Because I've never done it. I just like wow, such respect to people who do it. But what was it like? The actual birth was really short. the The moments before were so long and so intense, but the actual birth went like this. It was twenty minutes. It was done. Right, I don't okay. remember much. I know, I remember that everybody in the hospital kept making room for me. Like, you need to be in there. Like, get in there. Get oh, closer. Cool. Come on, go into the, yeah, go next to the doctor. Yeah, go, go. It's like, why is everybody accommodating me? It's yeah, so but you wouldn't expect weird. that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really cool. I was That's really cool. right there. <laughs> wow. Were they quite quite used to having photographers there then? Or just, they I just love so. I think so. I think so, yeah. And they had like this... Uh, 
they gave me information when I first went to the hospital with her. Well, like, yeah, this is going to take a while. You might want to go home. Well, I'm not exactly just a photographer, so I think I'm going to stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. What a bonding experience between, with you and your friend then as well. That's a it special thing. It was so thing. intense. Oh, my God, Alan, I, I got back home and I wasn't myself for two weeks. I, I mm. felt busy. I think I was so immersed in what was happening that I, my head just needed a bit of time to <laughs> go yeah. back to reality. It was, yeah, it was crazy. Oh, I can understand that. And what amazing things you've been able to, those images, you know, just priceless that you're able to, to give your friend as well. It's, um, yeah, amazing. That's so cool. So cool. So cool. Um, so as you say, though, yeah, I, I get the kind of maybe not wanting to do it as a um, kind of a business thing, because that whole scheduling thing is a big thing, isn't it? You have to be on call so much for so long. Yeah, no, it just, it, it doesn't, yeah, it, it doesn't do it for me. I, I know people do it and I admire and respect mm. them greatly. It's, it seems so hard, like, yeah, chapeau. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's not, it's not for me. I, I, I like my day in the life shoots. I, I even like the, the short shoots for families, like one, one and a half hours. I think it's, it makes sense. Uh, but sure. yeah, I have great respect for for birth photographers. Yes, totally, totally agree, totally agree. And um, on the subject of your family work, one of your specific reportage family awards that I wanted to ask you about, I think is really cool. Um, it's a black and white shot of two girls, and I think it's the the first image on your family page on your website as well. Um, it's one the one where the girl is jumping on the left of the frame, and yeah. the one on the right is pouring water from a watering can. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love how dynamic the shot is, but also the mystery. And I'm not too sure what's going on. You know, I love it. It's so cool. Can you tell us more about that image? Yeah, they were actually uh, jumping on a trampoline. Oh, it was a trampoline. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's cool. cool. But I think I spent around half an hour on that image and I took maybe a thousand shots, maybe more. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's so cool for people to hear how you work the scene like that. Yeah. Yeah, of course, kids are going to do what they like again and again and again. So I, I, I hoped for that and I just kept tweaking it and I shot through it. And yeah, I have this shot that I, I, I like. I like the dynamics. I like how the water is falling. I like mm. the expression on the little girl's face. Yeah. And how her, the one is kind of yeah. jumping mid mid frame in the left as well. I love that. Yeah, exactly. And her her eyes are following that. I think it's cool. And the ballerina feet of, of the other girl. And yeah, yeah. I I got lucky also because I you work sometimes you work on images a long time and nothing comes out of it. But I got lucky with that one. Well, is it luck though? You know, is it? I don't, you know, you were working in it. You knew something could happen. It could be great hair, and you worked it to get the best possible shot. So, well, it, it, I think it's a lot about luck, honestly. Like you, you can do everything right, and the image just doesn't work. Well, yeah, um, yeah. no, I, I get that. And I say it a lot as well, that luck is a big deal. But I'm also, I do also believe that you kind of, you increase your luck, your chance of getting something good. If you're, you know, you see the opportunity and you're working on it as yeah. you did there. You set yourself up for success, but success yes. is not just up to you. <laughs> no, I guess that's true. That's true in life, isn't it? That's true. Yeah. 
Um, but that's cool. I, I, it's, it's cool to hear that you spent 30, 30 minutes on that kind of same shot. That's really cool. And um, I wanted to ask one of you about your wedding awards as well, because you've won almost almost a similar amount of awards. Well, it is a similar amount of awards on both of our sites. It's incredible, you know. It's so cool. It just, it's so good at what you do. It's it's so cool. Thank you. Um, and one of your specific wedding reportage awards that I really like is one of the bride um, kind of peering out from inside a doorway. It's yeah, and white, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I love the symmetry of that. And I love the way the kind of the two statues on either side seem to be kind yeah, of Yeah, you saw out. that. Uh, yeah, it's so cool. Can you tell us more about that one? Yeah, so I was I, I wasn't expecting um, a lot of uh, attention about that image because it's a bit subtle. Yeah, uh, my my thought was like mm, somebody really needs to pay attention to it to to see what's going on there because uh, for people who are just listening to us and don't know the image, uh, the bride is peeking out um, <clears throat> a door and to her right there's a statue of uh, somebody holding their hand towards her and in the others on the other side there's the same statue that's pointing the other direction. So um, I was just waiting for the bride to come out um, to head towards the ceremony uh, place. And um, I was expecting her to come out with her brother. I wanted to be ready for that. And I was a bit closer because I also wanted to follow her down the aisle. But then I saw the two statues and I hoped that I would get a good picture of her coming out and that so and the, the two statues so I kind of risked it. <laughs> it it couldn't have worked it could have worked I didn't know but yeah I got this one that I really didn't expect like this was even better than what I hoped so just a good picture of her and her brother coming out of the uh, of the building but she peaked just before to make sure that nobody's seeing her. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I got lucky again. Well, it's not though again, is it? You took the <laughs> risk. You knew what you were doing. The way that you even saw that opportunity, you saw those statues and realized this would be great with her, her coming out with her brother maybe as well. I mean, that's, and that's proper next level stuff. You know, the, the vast majority of us, I think, don't see that kind of possibility, I think. so. That's I what. think it's also, it's also because I, mm, started all over again so i was already a big risk taker when i moved to the netherlands i thought yeah well let's go all the way <laughs> <laughs> let's stop doing safe shots let's see what happens <laughs> that's really cool though yeah i mean that that's really cool that's so it is really important are you still like that now then because i was going to ask you you know because you've been a photographer for like 50 is 15 years now almost yeah yeah. Almost 15 years, which is honestly, it is a long time in our industry. It's kind yes. of a long time in any industry, really. And it's amazing. And, you know, I, I was going to say, do you have any thoughts or tips on how you keep things kind of fresh and exciting for yourself? How, how you keep the passion for it after doing it so long? Is it is part of that, you know, being a risk taker then and, and, and not doing the safe shots anymore? Well, for me, the change from more posy shots to documentary changed everything and reignited yeah. my, my interest in, in photography. So that worked for me. Mm-hmm. If you're already doing documentary photography and you feel bored, I wouldn't know what to say to you. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah change true. some. See what you don't like about what, what, what your work means right now and see how you can change that. 
Mm. Maybe maybe it's uh, the text on your website. Maybe it's the kind of clients that come to you. Maybe maybe it's your packages. Maybe just stop doing what you don't like doing. Mm. That's so true, isn't it? It's a good way to live life in general as well. Stop doing yeah. what you don't do. Of it's course, so everything is about compromise. You can't just, uh, yeah, this is what I'm going to do from now on and risk it all. Of course, we have commitments and we have responsibilities but as much as possible if you don't at least try to model your life and your work according to your values and what you feel would work for you at least you you should <laughs> at least you should try you you deserve mm. that you 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 can try to make your life better at least try that's so true. Yeah, that's so true. You speak so well, by the way. I mean, I don't just mean your English, but you speak so eloquently and really, this really well. It's so cool Let's, listening to you. It's really Thank cool. You. Really cool. Um, and um, you mentioned that again, just talk about taking risks and things. Do you shoot um, with a second shooter often? You know, so you can Mostly take more never. risks. Mostly now. Ah, cool. Yeah, no. similar to me. I've never had a second. So why for you do you shoot more on your own then? Um, I just, I, I think I, I'm just used to it. Um, and I tried working with other people for a couple of times and I felt like, uh, teaching somebody to work with you comes with, uh, a learning curve, of course. Mm. And when I shoot, at least I, I'm so immersed and so focused on what I do that I can't really pay attention to anybody else. So that's, that's just how I work. I think that's how my brain functions. Yeah, I, I also that. believe that we are not meant to multitask as people. <laughs> I don't think multitasking exists, at least not in a way that you can also be productive and provide a, a, a good uh, end result. Mm -hmm. So at least for me, it doesn't work because I need to be completely focused. I need to be immersed. I need to be in the moment. I need to pay attention and having somebody else to worry about just kind of sets me off my course. Yeah, totally so I, I, just got, yeah. I just got used to it. I think I, I don't have another answer for that. And I just need to, if I can be by myself, I can control myself. I can work towards what I need. I don't want distractions. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally agree. You know, and that's that is really the reason why I've never had a, I've never had a second photographer is that I've got. I just don't want to be having to thinking about some, you know, thinking about someone else or worrying about what they're doing or not. And, uh, you know, and, and also I, t I have enough of my own awful images to look back at the end of the day. I don't want to look at <laughs> thousands more as well. So, no, yeah, I get that, that too. Some people <laughs> might call us control freaks. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's I don't true. know. <laughs> <laughs> that's <do> funny <laughs> yes. but it's cool though so you work mostly on your own but you still have the confidence to take risks on the day you know both uh, weddings and families that's that's cool yeah of course i i do weigh in on the moments so i i wouldn't take a big risk during the first kiss or mm -hmm. um other irrepetable very small quick moments i i would probably not do that but I do try to push myself a bit more and if I don't try it if even if it's a bit scary I still need to try it otherwise yeah I'm just stuck in my comfort zone where I've been and it's not great <laughs> I get that yeah it is one way to keep it help keep it fresh for ourselves and and if you don't try things as well sometimes they're not going to work obviously but you never know unless you try as well and that's the that's a fun thing about it I think yeah, yeah.
And if you don't try things, you never know what you actually like. You actually started liking things because you tried them and you like them. So that is true. Oh, you need to you need to tell my kids that about food. They hate try. They just won't try new food. They won't try new food. It's, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell them that. It's so true. It's true. Um, so and also, Thea, as well as your own photography, both family and weddings, you also teach and mentor other photographers. Um, I saw on your site, which is really cool. Can you tell us a bit more? about your mentoring how, how long have you been doing that yeah so um i started i i did a couple of workshops um back home in Romania a couple of years ago and i felt like it wasn't yet for me and uh i think in the second or third lockdown <laughs> i don't remember exactly but <laughs> definitely during the pandemic i started trying different things and i uh looked into coaching and I'm getting my uh, certification in that and I think I finally I'm finally in a place where I can give back something that's meaningful and um, something that would actually help uh, other people I think I have enough experience and I feel confident enough right now to actually say I I can help you. I can do something for you. Because I also think that um, sometimes photographers do workshops or coach other people just because they would like uh, yeah, to round up their, their revenue. But mm. for me, at least, I, I feel like I need to be confident with myself in the place and the place that I, I am in my life. And I learned enough lessons that I can actually teach somebody else. And I feel I'm finally there. I'm not doing a lot of coaching or mentoring. I try to keep it to a bare minimum because I also think that you can't really teach tens of people and give them the attention that, that they need. And what I want to do is maybe work with one or two at a time, but I can be fully focused on their needs and what they they want to achieve and i don't even focus just on photography i focus a lot of uh on work-life balance and mental health and um yeah that that's what i want to do and i think my experience and my burnout and uh my life changes can benefit other people not just photographers just people who happen to be photographers I'm sure. And and just from speaking to you, you know, I can tell how, how well you talk and how knowledgeable you are. And I'm sure you would give so much. People would get so much from mentoring sessions with you. Um, so that's, yeah, that's really cool. So I'm sure you, you'd be able to do that for wedding and family photographers. And as you say, you don't even need to be photographers, I guess. Yeah, we just happen to, to share similar experiences. And that, of course, helps uh, make things easier and puts us on the same uh, spot somehow but mm. so it helps to like uh, get things going but I, I do want to focus a lot more on uh, work-life balance and uh, not exactly happiness because yeah well contentment is a better word just making people feel at ease with what they do and uh, feeling that they are in a place where they're okay I also yes, believe a lot of in thriving, not just progress. I think that we can sit still and be okay like this. We don't need more. We're mm -hmm. 
okay, just like we are right now. That's inspirational as well. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. And you know, people listening now, I'm I'll be including a link through to uh, Theo's website and her mentoring page. So really do check it out and get in touch because um, yeah i know what you do would be would be awesome yeah it's cool um theo just look down we've spoken for nearly an hour and i, I know i say it all the time but it, it has flown by it is it really has flown, flown by. by yeah it's been so fun talking to you i still got time for another question but i just want to say honestly i so love talking to you you're so love cool. talking to you alan it was yeah. really really fun really enjoyed it as well really enjoyed it um so let's do let's do one more question let's do yeah, I like this one. So, okay, what would Theo? What would be your top tips or bits of advice or just your thoughts um, to help someone become better at the documentary side of what we do? So, whether that could be weddings or families or both, just just any idea, any thoughts on how how we could get a bit better at our documentary coverage? Yeah. So, I would say um, pay attention, be part of whatever is happening. Um, pay attention to what's happening. Leave your expectations of what should happen at home and just pay attention. Be in the moment, be part of whatever it is. If it's a wedding speech, okay. If it's a, a two kids playing in the sand, okay. Be with them. Try to be present in what they are doing and try to be interested in whatever it is that that's happening. That's, that's my biggest tip. Mm. It's like a form of meditation. Yeah, I guess it is isn't it? Probably being in that moment. And that's, yeah. as you say, not having an expectation of how that moment should pan out as well. Just, yeah. Just try, just... try to see whatever is happening through their eyes. Try to think of how this feels for them. That's so true, that kind of empathy. Mm. Great advice. That's so true. It's so true. Do you find that, you know, personally for you, have you found that quite easy to be in the moment like that? Or is it something that comes from experience the more you shoot or, you know, I don't know. I think it, 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 for me, it's easier if um, it starts to be easier when I was more honest with myself and when, um, I started doing more work that spoke to me personally. That's mm. when I could connect better. That's when I could pay better attention. And that's when I could immerse myself into what I was doing. Otherwise, I was always having thoughts like, I don't like this. Why the fuck am I here? What am I doing with my life? <laughs> no, that makes total sense. When I started yeah. doing work I actually liked, I, I could actually be part of it. I could actually be present and uh, more interested in whatever it was that was happening. So, yeah, no, it was a process, definitely. That makes total sense. Wow. Well, yeah, total sense. Ah, awesome. Also, so good, Theo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I so love talking to you. Thank you so love much. Talking it's, been, to you, oh, it's been awesome, honestly. So cool. So cool. Um, anyone listening now, do head to thisreptage.com or thisreptagefamily.com and I'll include, as I say, a link through to Theo's sites and those two separate awards, the Wedding Award and Family Award, one of her numerous that she's won from, from us and from other awards bodies as well, not just TIR, uh, TIRF. Um, and yeah, and hopefully I'll get to meet you uh, in the flesh one day. That would be awesome. Have you been to England before? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. And Cornwall is actually on my uh, uh, bucket list. Oh, cool. Actually, for England, yeah. Oh, so well, I definitely let me know. See you. 
Yeah, honestly, that'd be so cool if you came down. Let, definitely let me know. Because, um, um, oh, you could photograph my family and then I wouldn't be so bad, you know, as well. Ah, uh, don't say twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, definitely definitely let me know if you're down in Cornwall. It'd be so cool. It'd be cool. Yes, Alan. And definitely uh, take another look at uh, why you're not in the pictures, really. <laughs> Have you not seen my face? There's a good reason why I'm not in photos. Oh, that's a good excuse. That's a good excuse. Yeah, no. <laughs> Keep searching. Keep searching. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, and Theo, uh, you need to watch Elf and you need to watch Game of Thrones. Yes, yes. I know, I know. You're right. I know. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day and thanks again for talking. It's so cool. Thank you. Thank you also. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 121st episode of the This Is Reportage podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to Theo. I laughed so much then. She talked so well. Really enjoyed it. Hope you did too. Head to thisisreportage.com or thisreportagefamily.com for a link to her website, her mentoring, and to see the couple of awards she spoke about too. We now have 121 episodes of the podcast available where we speak to wedding and family photographers from all over the world. If you like this episode, delve into our back catalogue for lots more. If you're not a member of This Reportage or This Reportage family, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 individual award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, exclusive discounts, hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers, and much more too. Submissions are open now for our next award collections. The deadline is the same for both our wedding site and our family site. Submit by 2359 GMT on the 23rd of November 2022. And hopefully I'll get to see you in December for the TIR and TIRF Christmas party in London. Remember this is a totally free event for members and you can bring a guest along as well. Just remember to RSVP via the link in the members area or newsletter. If you're not a member yet, there's still time to join and come along to the party as well. Hopefully see you there. No poses, nothing staged, this is Reportage. And this is bye for now.